Our sponsor this week on Last Week on Earth is AdamandEve.com. So if you're looking for toys or adult movies or all kinds of interesting stuff, go to AdamandEve.com, enter the promo code when you check out Last Week with no gaps in between it, and uh, you get all kinds of free prizes, free gifts, free things. I'll tell you all about during the podcast in just a few minutes. Also, I will be coming to Morty's in Indianapolis on March 29th through 31st. Tickets at mortyscomedy.com. All right, the show's starting now. Founder of Red Bull runs out of energy. Santorum says he doesn't care about unemployment. British Prime Minister gives Obama a ping-pong table. Ashton Kutcher going into space. Syrian dictator's email gets hacked. Exclusive emails. Do distracted people have sharper brains? Utah schools are outlying sex ed. Do chupacabras exist? And my guest Steve Agee and I discuss why taco salad sucks. All this and more during the... Last Week on Earth with Ben Gleam. Do not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody. This is Last Week on Earth. I'm Ben Glebe. Thank you for tuning in. Again, it's nice of you when you tune in again. It's nicer than people that just stumble upon it, listen for a while, and say, fuck this. I don't even like this show, and they go to other shows. That's less cool of you. I mean, I don't mind that you were there for a minute, but I prefer the people that come back. Those are the ones that are dear to my heart. Um, my guest today I'll bring on a little bit is a very, very funny man. Uh, you might know him best from the Sarah Silverman program. Mr. Steve Agee is here, and... um it's going to be a great time talking to him. He and I even did a movie together that is yet to be released, but we'll discuss it. Um, we're brought to you this week by Paper Mache. You, you were forced to create with us as children, and then you abandoned us. But we're here. We can still make things, all kinds of things. How else can you combine, combine newspaper, glue, and flour, and your parents not be pissed? Plus, with the immediacy of online journalism... We are now the only thing newspaper is good for. Paper mache. Try. Try us out. I'll be in Indianapolis at Morty's March 29th through 31st. You can get tickets at mortyscomedy.com, M-O-R-T-Y-S comedy.com. Uh, that's coming up. So come out and check that shit out. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'll be on Michael Yo's Hot Mess Show April 25th. Then Zanies in Nashville April 26th through 29th, performing with Ali Wong. And I'll be at Vegas, Las Vegas, the city, uh, at the Paris Hotel and Casino, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th, co-headlining with my dear friend Arden Marine, um, who you may know from Chelsea, Mad TV, things like that. More info at BenGlebe.com. Okay, you got that? Fantastic. 
what happened this last week on a personal level, and it might have been personal for for many of us. It was St. Patrick's Day. It uh, came and went. I got drunk. I honestly, I have no idea what the holiday is about. I know it's Irish. I don't know what it's to be celebrating. I don't know who St. Patrick was. Yet it's a holiday I have such esteem for. I never skip it. I would never skip it. I didn't even go out. I just stayed in and got drunk. Didn't even wear green. I just got drunk off my ass. Pinched myself a lot. It was a great week. It was a great week. I just got over my drunken stupor minutes ago. Just in time for the podcast to begin. Uh, this week, last week, is sponsored again by AdamandEve.com. Um, very excited about that. Listen, if you're looking to spice things up in the bedroom, and who's not? Because it gets stale for many of us. Um, maybe you've been fantasizing about surprising your sexual partner with an adventurous new toy or maybe an adult movie. Kind of, you know, give it a little twist. This offer, I don't think you're going to be able to resist it. You go to AdamandEve.com and... With this offer, for limited time only, you'll be able to get 50% off pretty much any item on their whole website. That's not even it, okay? You get one item, you get 50% off. They will also give you three free adult DVDs and an extra gift for free. I don't even want to tell you what that gift is, but an extra gift. That's four free gifts. And they'll even throw in free shipping on the order. I I, I wouldn't joke about this. It would be cruel because you're so excited now. You're thinking, how fast can I? You can go on there right now while we're doing the podcast and peruse sexual items, purchase something while still listening. You can do audio and and visual at the same time. I I have faith in you. The only key is you have to enter the code last week when you check out, and you get all the discounts and all the free goods. Last week, no spaces, L-A-S-T-W-E-E-K. Put it in there, you get the stuff. Um, I'd appreciate it if you would support our sponsor. The podcast is free, so support the sponsor. Get free sex toys. It's a win-win situation for everybody except your past sexual partners who are deprived of your new prowess with the assistance of certain aids, be they visual or physical toys. Um, there was sad news this week. Uh, the founder of Red Bull died at age 89, just passed away. Um, yeah, you know, the crash of those drinks is pretty hard. And uh, he was in Bangkok, and the state media in Thailand said that the self-made Thai billionaire who created the infamous energy drink three decades ago, I didn't know it was that long even, passed away. His name is Chaleo Uvidya. They say he died of natural causes, but, I mean, there's a lot of taurine running through his veins. Um, those who knew him said he hasn't slept in 14 years. He was just amped up at raves constantly. Uh Chaleo apparently founded a company called TC Pharmaceuticals. And in the 70s, they created an energy drink prototype called Krating Tang, which is Red Bull in English. And um, it was very popular at the time, just among Thai truck drivers and laborers who had to work long hours. Then in 84, he co-founded a company with an Austrian partner. Everybody knows Austrians are great at business. Does everybody know that? I, I've never even heard it before. But let's say that's a fact. Okay, these Austrian partners has turned Red Bull into a global brand. The guy made billions of dollars. Forbes ranked Chaleo among the richest men in the world. His assets estimated to be worth several billion dollars, enough to buy 19 Red Bull vodkas. Because those drinks are not cheap, you know. But it's a sad story, and and people drinking Red Bull vodkas at clubs around the world probably out of respect, would pour out a sip of their drink in honor of their fallen homie. But again, very expensive drinks. 
Maybe they'll throw an ice cube on the ground. And hopefully nobody slips while tripping their balls off on ecstasy. Because you don't want accidents when you're tripping. All of a sudden you go down the wrong rabbit hole and it's a dark pit of mud and despair and tar. Probably. Um, But, you know, the man did good work here on Earth. And hopefully, much like his drink does claim, hopefully his drink gave him wings. And he's now in heaven. We don't know. A little controversy over a story I covered last week on last week on Earth, on the podcast. Um, I talked about, you know, nuclear energy maybe being not a smart thing for us to keep pursuing when reactors break during natural disasters and ruin towns and, and seriously deform people and whatnot. And I said, said wind energy might be a better thing to do. Well, at FroCuts on Twitter, very pissed at me. He said to me, at Ben Glebe, Oil for energy funds terrorist organizations which devastate cities, i.e. New York, Madrid, London. Wind energy is inefficient. Nuclear removes foreign oil dependence. But you think it's okay to keep using oil and fund terrorists? Okay. You make a strong point uh, that gasoline energy causes more destruction in the world. But I never said I was a big fan of oil energy. Never said it. I was just referring to the fact that nuclear scares the shit out of me more immediately than oil does. And, you know, clearly gasoline is shitty. It jacks up the air. It's gross to breathe if you're behind one. Clearly causes serious pollution and damage to the planet. And it does often go to countries that hate us. And it helps them hate us more. Sure. I never say I liked it. But you got mad at me for no reason, man. You know? And then another person on Twitter, at John Bem, with an H, two, two H's. John Bem said, slight error in the last podcast. You said nothing bad happens with wind power. Bats and golden eagles are killed very often. And I didn't know this. And I ended up reading a story that, that corroborated that. I read an article that apparently every year 10,000 birds, including golden eagles, American kestrels, which would be sad if I knew what that was, burrowing owls, and others die after crashing into turbines just at California's Altamont Pass. 10,000 die. And I mean, I'm, I'm upset because there's no energy safe. Even the cleanest thing we could think of murdering thousands of animals. Should we go back to candles and ink pens? Where do we think the ink came from? Probably that was killing people. And the, and the feather pens they would dip in the ink, dead bird feathers right there. There's no way to do anything without killing shit or having negative effects. It's Newton's law, but it's Newton's law with like garbage. Every action creates an equal amount of garbage. You get email, you get junk mail. You get fucking mail, you get shit junk mail. You get fucking spam. It's all, there's everything's got a detrimental side effect. But I personally think wind energy seems clean and healthy. And if birds are flying into these turbines, perhaps that is Darwinism at its best kicking in. You know, maybe you're not fit to survive. If you can't tell that flying into large metal propellers is a bad flight plan, maybe you are meant to uh, have a short little bird life. Um, but if there's a silver lining, which I hope there is, the U.S. last year reduced its crude oil imports by 10%, according to the LA Times. So that's good. That's 10%. We're one-tenth of the way there, guys. So we can all get along. John Behem and Frocut and everybody, can. we can all just hang out. But uh, speaking of the detrimental effects of oil energy, if I can stay on oil for a moment, a Brazilian court on Saturday barred 17 executives from Chevron and Transocean. Transocean, the same company as 
heavily involved in the BP disaster. They barred them from leaving Brazil pending criminal charges to the high-profile oil spill that happened last November. Told them they must turn in their passports to police within 24 hours. That is some gangster shit, first of all. You cannot leave Brazil. Although, you know, there are worse places to not be allowed to leave than Brazil. Beautiful women there and also uh, caramelized bananas all over the country. So I wouldn't mind hanging out there for a while. Um, this court decision came one day after the Brazilian Navy spotted a thin stain of oil extending for 0.6 miles in the offshore field Freyd, which is also the site of last year's spill. U.S.-based uh, Chevron company, the U.S.-based office, said that uh, they halted production at that site on Saturday. Which, obviously, it wouldn't look good to keep rolling. Oh, you found oil? I don't give a shit. I'm going to keep pumping. Um, the spill last November in Brazil leaked as many as 3,000 barrels from seafloor cracks. Resulted in an $11 billion civil lawsuit. Largest environmental damage case in Brazil's history. Although, get this, the total amount of oil spilled was less than 0.1% of the BP spill in the Gulf of Mexico in 2010. So, take that, Chevron. You can't do nothing right. Not even bad stuff. You even, you even are second best at that. British Petroleum's got, you got you on that. On that note, I'd like to introduce another. We have another sponsor this week. Um, and uh, this is a young comedian who's a very funny guy who wanted to co- to sponsor our show and created an ad specifically for the show. Um, apparently he enjoys the show, and he's about to do a tour of Boston, and he wanted to promo some of his dates with a very creative ad he created. So here is a uh, one-minute or so clip of Bryce Claggett, um, one of our new sponsors here on Last Week on Earth. And now, Wild and Wondrous in West Virginia with East Coast correspondent Bryce Claggett. Thanks, me. Hello there, Ben. It's a tragic time here in West Virginia as we are overrun with bears. It's literally raining bears, one might say, as thousands of bears drawn out by the unseasonably warm winter have stormed all the cities. Neighboring state of Virginia's Governor Bob McDowell has signed a bill that repeals the one-month waiting period on the purchase of handguns. Gun control activists and Virginia Tech shooting victims don't agree but the governor hasn't stated whether or not it's because of neighboring state Virginia, West Virginia's bear attacks, whether or not it has issued the bill, or rather it's part of his legislation to repeal all bills that quote-unquote make Virginians look like pussies. Well, the bears are closing in here on me, Ben, and I have to wonder if I'll ever get out of this in time to see Bryce Claggett stand up March 23rd through April 1st in Boston, or if I'll get to see his pilot the first cut of which is on YouTube, BriceMe99. It's a rough time here, Ben. Now back to you. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you so much um, for that report. Um, you can follow his Twitter at Bristle, B-R-I-S-S-L-E, to find out about his Boston show dates between March 23rd and April 1st. Check that out if you can. Just got done performing in New York, tearing it up over there. And um, I think it is time now to introduce my guest for this week on last week. And uh, it is... It is a man who, during Bryce's report about a bear attack, he looked behind himself <laughs> to see if there were bears, in fact, and there was no bears. Please welcome Steve Agee to the program. Yeah, thank you. Are you okay? Everyone, sit down, please. Are you calm? Are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, man. It's, uh, yeah, I'm great. How's your back feeling? It's good, um, thanks to your little 
you know, Iron Maiden thing over there. Yes, I do have a lot of back toys. You came in and said you have back issues. I have lower back issues as well. Yeah, as we were walking up here, you're like, oh, I've been having back problems. I was like, oh, me too. And you're like, wait till we get upstairs. Look at what I got. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and you lie down on the floor and have this great back stretch. Cracked my back. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy to do it for you. Thanks, Ben. Um, You guys know Steve Agee, perhaps best from the Sarah Silverman program. You you played one of Sarah's gay perhaps neighbors. Perhaps only from the Sarah Silverman. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. What was your character's name again? Steve. Steve, right. <laughs> right. I don't know how I forgot that. It's so interesting. <laughs> and um and you also you and I also did a a movie together yeah we did a movie together it's yet to be released you guys can look forward to it it's a comedy about ghost hunters called the Poltergeist and uh, tell us a little bit about your character I if I remember right mm-hmm. I was a guy sitting on the plane between you mm-hmm. and, and my brother and your brother. Who had just had anal surgery. Yeah, you just had anal surgery. Yeah. You're a man with a very pained ass. So I was in a lot of pain and yeah. having to deal with you two knuckleheads yeah. arguing across me. Yeah, we're a team of ghost hunters yeah. and you were just not having it. It was fun. It's a great scene and it'll be funny if the movie ever comes out. We yeah. haven't even finished shooting it. Well, fucking hurry up, man. It'll happen. Can we curse on here? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Curse up a storm, man. Not that I do a lot, but every now and then. I, it happens. I forget. Now, where are you from again, man? Riverside, California. You are? Yeah. So why did you go to a military academy in Pennsylvania or some shit? Valley Forge Military Academy. Uh, I was, uh, kind of an F up. Okay. Kicked out of school and. So that was a high school? Yeah, for drinking and other monkey shines and, uh. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You were into the monkey shines? I was a bad kid, man. Really? Yeah. Monkey shines. And I went to the school where they shot taps. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Now, what was the worst thing you did as a kid that made your parents send you the hell out of there? Well, it was mostly, uh, you know, drinking and getting Fs and, uh. You were getting fucks back then? I was getting big fucks. No shit. Not the good kind. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No kidding, man. Yeah, I was, yeah. Did it ever inspire and look at you? how I turned out. Perfect. It really turned me around. It really worked. They should shoot taps too, starring you. Oh, man. Timothy Hutton and I, our friends on Twitter now. Sure. And, uh, I, I, uh, I've never met the man, but he starred in taps. And yeah. I messaged him once going, Hey man, I went to that school like <laughs> just a couple of years after you guys shot that. Did he write back? Yeah. He's like, wow, that's crazy, man. <laughs> Don't ever talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know people say that's crazy? They do not mean it's crazy at all. It is kind of crazy, though. Well, I mean, a lot of people go to a school that is used as a set in a movie. It's thousands and thousands every year. There was a guy there whose dad was a huge casting director in Hollywood. At the school? Uh-huh. Really? I forget his name, but his dad like, was the casting director for like Ghostbusters. Like, no huge, shit. Huge, big time. I think Back to the Future. Were you trying to butter him up and shit? Get, get in there? No, because I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to be back then. I didn't know about acting. Or what did you think stuff. you wanted to do back then? Did you ever consider a military career after your military training? No. I mean, that the military aspect of it was horrible. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way I want to live or have a career where I'm waking up at 5 o'clock in yeah, the morning. You're a dude who enjoys chilling on the couch, playing video games. Big time. And I was like, well... If I had to, I would want to go in the Air Force and fly jets. And then I found out you had to be like under a certain height. Like You're 6'6", six, six, right? I'm like 6'6". Six, six. I'm too tall to fly fighter jets. So I was like, fuck this. They, they could have specially crafted slower jets with a head nodule. 
They were like, well, you can fly blimps. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's every boy's dream right there. We. <laughs> Good year. I'm always stunned how tiny the compartment in the blimp is. Like, are they? It even took me years to even realize that. Maybe you haven't even realized it yet. Oh, that little thing underneath yeah. was the, uh, ac- you thought the, the whole, I thought the whole was thing was had like thousands of people rolling around in there and it's just a big balloon. And there's a tiny compartment holds like seven people. Yeah. That would be something if it oh, was can you imagine? just like, <laughs> and you could all float in there like in helium or zero helium, gravity. Everyone would be talking really crazy. No, man. That's that, not what happens, huh? No, it's a bad scene. Interesting. We all saw the Hindenburg footage. Yeah. Well, that was the once. We've all but seen a live, too. Like, I think that was a big blimp, though, as far as, you know, like that had, like people slept on that and shit, right? Yeah, but did that, that one have a- people in, did that one have people in the, comp- in the main helium area, or is it <laughs> still just in the compartment? No, it's, it's still in the compartment, but it was a big compartment. It was right. A big, what made the Hindenburg crash again? Um, I think one of the uh, waiters was smoking. <laughs> he put it out on the side of the blimp, reached yeah. out, and he's like, oops. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was. It was a big disaster, though. Really set back the blimp. Blimps could have been our main mode of travel. It was definitely blimping's biggest tragedy. It really was. And it probably will never be a bigger. No, no. I don't think... Uh it would take like the Goodyear blimp crashing into a stadium. Into the Super killing Bowl. Killing everybody. Yeah. yeah. God, that would be a great viral video though. I mean, I don't want that happening. No. But it would be kind of. What if there was nobody in it? Just like one sad suicidal blimp captain. Well, then it wouldn't be a tragedy. Yeah, still it's sad the guy ended yeah, things. That's true. It would just be a great. I just want to create a good viral video. I want to upload it to my re- account and get hits. It would just really bum out the people that had to clean it up. Like the. The field people that had to clean up the fucking, all the blimp parts. Like, fuck. Imagine everybody I just mowed the fucking field. <laughs> everybody thinks it's part of the halftime show. Yeah. For a while, they're very excited until they're like, oh, oh there's a dead man in there. Oh, someone was flying that. Hmm. Sad. Yeah. Uh, so what made you, so you then, and we're going to get in a couple minutes to, to stories of the world. There's a lot to talk about this week, but I'm, really? I'm fascinated by you, Steve. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. What made you shift? You get out of military academy. You move back to California. Mm-hmm. How do you become an actor and a comedian and a comedy writer? Well, I was playing in a band and, uh, and we came to LA. Not that that, like most people's stories are like, I've never heard I that just story. packed up and I moved to LA across country with $50. And, I mean, for us, it was like, we drove our cars an hour and got apartments. And right. Like, if this doesn't work out, I can be home. <laughs> Like if my electricity gets shut off, I can be at my parents' house in an hour. So it's like no loss. Yeah. And the band just kind of fell apart. And I started, I was dating this girl who was taking classes at the Groundlings uh, in Province Sketch Comedy Theater here in LA. And right. I went to some shows and I was like, yeah, comedy. Cause that was <laughs> what I was really into as a kid. Like, were you always the funny kid? Kind of, but also just like, like when, you know, when you get to that age where you're buying music, you know, like all my friends were buying whatever the latest music was when we were in sixth grade. And I was like, my first album was like George Carlin's Place for My Stuff. Great and, like, album. I just was into Dr. Demento and Weird Oh, Al I love and, Dr. Demento. Yeah. And I was like, 
but as a kid, I was like, you can't make a living doing that. Like, that's not a job. Right. But it wasn't until I got to LA that I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. And then you started first, you worked in reality TV for a while. Yeah. I, uh, you fall into that pit of despair. One of my teachers at the Groundlings was worked on, uh, real world and she got me a job, like just logging video footage, like watching all the video footage. So you saw it all unfold. What happens when people stop being polite and start being real? (laughs) What happens? True story. We we get magical TV. That's what happens. Yeah, you do. Changes the world. That show changed the world. It really did. It really, I remember just being miserable watching all these dumb (laughs) kids and being like, this reality TV is just a fad. (laughs) I give it a few years. And everyone was was like, this is this is stupid. It's not going to last. And it's bigger now than... Yeah, I knew it wasn't never going anywhere. End. When they kept saying it's a fad, I'm like, really? Everybody's watching this shit and talking about it. People yeah. don't often stop industries that are burgeoning and are very popular. It's idiocracy. It's It really is. You know. That was a funny movie. Yeah. Did you, yeah. And so then you started story editing some reality shows. Yeah, what shows did you work on? Assistant. I'm sorry to give you too much credit I there. Started, for <laughs> the reality magic. I started... Uh, my first show is Road Rules Australia mm-hmm, and Road Rules Mexico. Oh, yeah. Then I went to work at uh, Real World Seattle, Real World Hawaii, um, The Osbournes, Temptation Island, Joe oh, Millionaire. Good. good. Yeah. You transcribed The Osbournes. Yeah, I transcribed <laughs> the Aussies. That's a nightmare job. It's so horrible. Wow. Do you still hear them in your dreams sometimes? No, but you know what's crazy is he's like totally, he sounds like a lot better now. Like, you think he was apparently, he, no, but apparently he was on like a lot of fucked up medications mm. and stuff. And now he sounds it's like an old British man, <laughs> like a beef eater or something. Was any of the experience enjoyable to you or was any, was one show fun to work on? Nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. This is as miserable as you could imagine reality <laughs> TV to me. But the only, I mean, the positive thing was it was steady work. Once you start working in reality TV, you can almost always find more work in it. Because there's billions of shows cropping up like parasites. Everyone from Road Rules, you know, would split off and go, or Real World would split off and go start a new company and... That's how I got to Temptation Island, and then you know they go to another show. Like there's all there's always work. Yeah. So then, okay, tell me then how how did Sarah Silverman come into your life? How did stand up come into your life? And how did writing for Jimmy Kimmel start happening? I was uh, I was doing a play that a friend of Sarah, Dave Juskow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know. I don't. No, no. He's a New York guy, really funny, and he was really good friends. Still is with Sarah, and he wrote a play and. Somebody dropped out like two days before the play and they're like, we need someone who can play guitar and also who's funny. And so one of my friends who was in the play was like, my buddy Steve, you should have him do it. And so I came in and learned all the parts in a couple days and, uh, did the play and I met Sarah opening night and we just kind of bonded over panic attacks actually. Cause she was like, Hey, that was really funny. And I was like, thanks. I, I hate doing live theater though because i'm afraid i'm gonna forget my lines and i have panic attacks and she's like me too i have panic attacks (laughs) that's like a decent impression almost minus the voice but like the vibe and uh (laughs) and so that we instantly became buds and hung out all the time and um 
Yeah, and she's the one when she was dating Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. I just quit, uh, like a, a month or two before I just quit, you know, my last job on Temptation Island. I was like, no more reality shows. I'm fucking out. And, uh, she called me. She's like, Hey, there's, there's a job at Jimmy's show. And this was like in the first year. And she's like, they just need someone to come in and watch TV, like <laughs> just watch TV and come up, find funny clips that he can show during the monologue. Right. And I was like, <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm doing that already. <laughs> you know, <laughs> might as well get paid for it. And so I did that for like a year and a half, maybe two years. And, uh, then there was a, an opening. One of the writers left and Jimmy hired me as a writer. That's pretty sweet. So yeah. do you enjoy writing for TV or do you enjoy more performing? When did you start doing stand up in there? I'd been doing stand up off and on since college. Um, writing on a, talk show is really hard Mm -hmm. because it's every day like year round and it's it's kind of formulaic in that it's like you wake up the first thing you do is go online or you know get the newspaper and like find i mean this is probably what you do for this podcast it is every day looking at the news it is it's insane amount of work i don't know why i'm doing this what the biggest stories are and what the craziest stories are Mm -hmm. and then you know plugging them in and you know making jokes and the only reward for me, though, Steve, is my audience is smaller. <laughs> hey, a good time. This is only what? We're building. Episode it's only 14? 18. 18. We're, we're young. We're a young podcast. Yeah. See, that in, in talk show, television talk show, that's, you know, two and a half weeks. That's true. That's very true. And by the way, as a side note, since I just made fun of the show, I need to then make myself feel better about it. A little announcement. We just, we're not, we're just hit number one in the top comedy podcast on Stitcher, the main app that people listen to. Number one. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So tell me about your little uh, writing program. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're writing for, for Kimmel and that was okay, but it was grueling. It was great. I mean, Jimmy was nice. Everyone was awesome. It's a great place to work, but, uh, it was, it was just, uh, it was hard for me. It was just hard. And, um, we'd, at some point in there, I'd done the pilot for Sarah's show. So she just called you and said, I want you to do my show. She's like, I wrote a part for you. And nice. um, I was like, okay. And we did the pilot. It was just, you know, this, we were only in Brian and Posehn and I were only in one scene in the pilot. We're just, you know, and it took us like half an hour to shoot it. And I was just like, well, that was that, you know, most pilots don't ever get picked up or anything happened. And, um, and then it, it got picked up, you know, like a, f- a couple, like a month or two later. And I was just like, so long writing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's how I got in, into doing Sarah's show. And so I heard, I heard you tell the story on the Sound of Young America podcast that, that you and Posehn didn't even know originally that you were playing gay guys. Yeah. When we had done the pilot, it was, they wanted it to be ambiguous as to whether we were gay or not. Like, cause we're both kind of similar. We're big dudes, right? With beards and like, uh, red coloring and, and glasses. Yeah. And so they're like, we'll just kind of leave it open. <laughs> like maybe they're brothers, maybe they're gay, <laughs> maybe they're roommates. So that's how it was in the pilot. And then when it got picked up, they started writing it and we showed up to set to shoot the first episode, which was very gay. <laughs> you know, I catch Brian masturbating in the bathroom to a, a lingerie catalog. 
only he's taken photos of me and put my head over the lingerie <laughs> models. It's really creepy. And Pulsain didn't put together that it was a gay character shooting that scene? It was when we got, I think it was when we got to set or maybe at the table read that he was like, are we gay? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, your guys are gay. And how did you, with your own names. And then how did, how did you feel about playing a gay character? Did you feel a responsibility certain, suddenly? Did you have any qualms about it? Uh, it, the only problem I had with it, not even a problem, but my fear was telling my dad because my dad's <laughs> like an older guy from Texas who's yes. like not really as understanding about the gay culture. <laughs> and so when it's I, the first I've heard that about Texas. At, interesting. At home, I was like, huh? Sarah's show got picked up. I'm going to be on the, on TV. And they're like, oh, what's my dad's like, what's the character? And I was like, I play your neighbor, and he's like, oh, what else? And then I realized, oh, fuck. And it literally felt like I was coming out to my dad. It was fucking insane. How did he react? He's like, well, they're paying you, right? Oh, really? He was I'm cool like, with it. Yeah, he was totally fine. Nice. And um, You probably left out the details of the masturbating to pictures of your head pasted on women <laughs> yes. scene. Yeah, and we, uh no, I never felt any kind Get of... Get back the money, son. <laughs> no responsibility or... It was great, and like a lot of the gay community was really actually awesome about it, and you know, like we love that you guys aren't like the stereotypical lesby, you know, right? Effeminate. You were dying to pull that accent. You aren't too. The, the good looking. <laughs> you know, guys would come up to me at like a nice compliment, going, going, "Yeah, man!" Like big, fat, like bearded dudes, like dude, I love your character. You rem- you're just like me and my boyfriend, like, cause you look just like us. And I'm just like, Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, but it was, uh, it was fun. It was a it, fun three seasons. Yeah. So the show has been off the air for a little bit now. And mm-hmm. what's your plan? Are you planning on focusing more on acting, going back to writing or seeing well, where the wind takes you? We actually just recorded. Last week and this week, Wednesday, in fact, we're doing audio commentary for the season three DVD, which will be coming out like in a few months. Oh, cool. But, uh, yeah, I've been, you know, writing and auditioning and doing stand up and, um, I'm pitching a show right now with, uh, my writing partner. In a couple of weeks, we're pitching, uh, to some of the networks show about actually about my time in military school. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Taps too, baby. Coming yeah, right at you. Fingers crossed, man. There's the voice again. You can't wait to bring that fingers voice up. crossed, man. <laughs> nice, man. You've earned the right to do that voice now after playing yes. such a normal gay guy for so many years. Oh, it's okay. I used to play a gay guy on TV. I can be really homophobic. It's okay. I used to be a gay on TV. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you yeah. did. So, okay. So, uh, Kim Kardashian, reality show superstar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts about her? Because this week she posted a picture of herself this last week. Naked? Kinda. Almost. You can see it. No. Right? She, 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 and people, she got a lot of flack for this because she tweeted, can't sleep tonight and a picture link. And it's this complete glamour shot in a studio, makeup, airbrushed, very revealing shot with like a, a sheet covering her, her titties. Oh, boo. Yeah. Which I just spoofed, by the way, on my Twitter account at Bengali. You can see my, my, take on it what do you think of kim kardashian you know it's weird is i've never seen her show i honestly don't watch a lot of reality tv obviously since i've left it 
Um, so I've never seen a Kardashian show. I've never seen an interview. I literally only know about her what I see on like Twitter from like people bashing her. And shit. <laughs> I think that kind of stuff is just, I think it's just ridiculous. Like, you're missing I mean, out. granted, I would fucking fully take advantage if. Would you do a reality show? No. No, I would not do a reality show. But like, I mean, for people like her, I would be like, if someone came up to me and was like, all right. Like she wasn't an actress. She wasn't a, you know, a singer. She's just like, just banged on camera. Great. Fucking f- famous for, you know, fucking or whatever yeah. it is. And, yeah. Uh, Cause she's so good at it though. She has some, some skills. Yeah. So why not? I mean, I, I, I know nothing about her. So I'm not like a fan or anything, but I'm like, you want to meet her? If you want to pay your rent, then, you know, go ahead and, and she's ex- deal with the haters. <laughs> yeah, she's ex- she's exploded into this, like, global empire. Many companies and perfumes and lingerie and clothing stores and, you know? She was also, she might still be, like, sponsored by Carl's Jr. on Twitter. Is that true? Like, Well, she did a Carl's Jr. commercial where she was... But also she was, tw- I think she was getting paid to tweet... Really? About Carl's Jr.? Yeah, it's almost like, you know, when, you know, integrations, you know, on TV shows when someone's eating like, yeah, like on Seinfeld when sure. George would be eating the rolled gold, gold pretzels. All right. Like she would get paid to mention Carl's Jr. Because just out of nowhere, she would just tweet like, sure, I'm cra- craving a famous <laughs> star right now. Like, <laughs> like you would fucking never eat that, you motherfucker. And just like her, to only eat burgers that are also famous. Yes. yes. That is such bullshit. I hear it was named after me. <laughs> uh, um, let's move off of reality starlets into international politics, where it's much more serious, much Ooh, more intense. I'm even less <laughs> knowledgeable. No, you know politics. I mean, I've seen you say some political things on your Twitter feed and your Tumblr blog. Yeah. So uh, here's the first story, okay? Um, Prime Minister David Cameron of Great Britain. Oh, okay. Last Tony week, Blair's not the Prime Minister? Tony Blair's now. out, man. <laughs> he flew his ears like a blimp into into retirement community. Good for him. Yeah, he had to get out of there. After after Bush left, he had no more, he had, he had no more, he had no more partner, no more compadre. So he visited, Cameron visited Obama last week, and they give each other gifts like, like they always do. Uh, he gave Obama a ping pong table. That's fucking rad. Isn't that pretty sweet? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a great gift. While the world is crumbling and they are in charge of, here's a ping pong table for you. How about, how about instead of giving him a table, like do that shit where you're like, I've donated a thousand dollars to the charity of your fucking choice. Right. Like Obama needs a fucking ping pong table. He's not going to play ping pong. No. And then the gift that Obama gave him back. You ready for this? This is, this is pretty amazing to me. <laughs> the Obamas gave the Camerons a top of the range barbecue grill, Ugh. which is a little stereotypical for our first black president, I think. Yeah. May as well given him a diamond grill for his mouth. It's unbelievable. A giant clock to wear around your neck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, give him an El Dorado with hydraulics and rims. That's unbelievable. And then Obama, then they both spoke, and they're trying to be all, you know, professional at some point. So is he, like, 
have to carry that shit on the plane like a grill on he has to put a big grill on his presidential plane for sure um, you're gonna have to check that <laughs> former prime minister don't you understand this is from Barack Obama this will not fit in your overhead I'm sorry but I'm, I'm, I'm a, a head of state the president himself gave me this <laughs> Um, so they tried to get them more serious by speaking to the public, uh, together. And I don't know if they really did get more serious. Here's a clip. Obama first called it, uh, called the relationship between the U.S. and Great Britain one of the greatest alliances the world has ever known. And then said this. Why, as president, I've made strengthening this alliance and our alliances around the world one of my highest foreign policy priorities. And because we have, I can stand here today and say with pride and with confidence, and I believe with David's agreement, that the relationship between the United States and the United Kingdom is the strongest that it has ever been. <laughs> the strongest that it has ever been. The strongest. Strongest. He's like the greatest speaker ever. Two mistakes in that one clip. The uh, teleprompter was probably broken. He's probably <laughs> improvising. <laughs> strongest? And then he attempts comedy. Uh, play the rest of this clip. Take a listen. We Americans and Brits speak the same language most oh. of the time. <laughs> so let me just say, David, we are chuffed to bits that you are here. Oh, what a good one. They're chuffed to bits. I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. British people, why are they so uptight and strange with language? <laughs> I, I wish there would have been his? absolute silence at the <laughs> meeting when he just said that. Just crickets. <laughs> How dare you? Tuffed to bits? Chuffed. Chuffed, chuffed to bits. Oh, yeah. Tuffed to bits would be ridiculous, Steve. Oh, he was chuffed to bits. Everyone had their iPhones out chuffed. They were Googling <laughs> chuffed. So then Obama says about said that they have a rock-solid alliance, mm -hmm. and their relationship between the two countries is the one constant, which I feel as though they're ignoring the Revolutionary War, um, where we wanted to get the fuck away from them. They tried to murder us and did murder yeah. many of us. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I should not probably joke about that. War is very serious, and it would be inappropriate probably to make jokes about it. Uh, certainly... The leaders themselves should not make jokes about it. Sure. Uh, please play the clip from okay. David Cameron's response. To think that 200 years ago, my ancestors tried to burn this place down. Oof. Harsh. Now, looking around me, I can see you've got the place a little better defended today. <laughs> You're clearly not taking any risks with the Brits this time. You can just tell, like, how uptight. How amazing would it be if he just detonated a fucking bomb that was strapped to his chest? <laughs> like he fucking kills the president. He's like, boom. Clearly, you've not learned a thing. This has been 200 years in the making. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, America. <laughs> you know that scene in Independence Day yeah. when the aliens blow up? I am a Time Lord. I am Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> oh, my God. And somebody you're a huge fan of in the Republican uh, presidential race, Rick Santorum. Ugh. You can tell by that sound effect. You're a huge, the worst. huge fan of his. Yeah. He's staying alive in the race. Big wins this week in the South, yeah. uh, Alabama, Mississippi, um, where Romney finished third in those contests, actually. Gingrich uh, finished second in those said nothing probably will make him drop out of the race now. Nothing. Even though his own team said those were must-wins for him. Nothing's going to make him drop out. Is he? Is there a more attention-seeking son of a bitch who cannot take a, 
a signal than Newt Gingrich. He's just he's one of those people that realizes they are fucked and is so <laughs> proud. It's just like, no, I still have a chance. Yeah, no, I'm. No, why would I drop out? No. I think he thinks this is his last probably shot at anything national because it's such a bad loss. He just wants to extend it. He wants to make the 15 minutes get to like 17. Yeah, if it doesn't work out, he's going to be stuck, you know, with his wife, like <laughs> having dinner and hanging out all day and making new infidelity plans. Yeah. That guy cannot stay with one woman. No. He, he has issues, that, that man. Major issues. He does indeed. Um, <laughs> and uh, then with wind in his sails, Santorum feeling good. Decides to go Romney style and say some very, very stupid things. Awesome. Um, on Monday, he had two Romney style moments while campaigning in Illinois. At the first event of the day in, in Rockford, Illinois, Santorum said, quote, the issue in this race is not the economy, which is not what you want to say. No. He was trying to argue that healthcare is the bigger issue and government taking over too much of the economy is why it's struggling. But he's reinforcing the issue that he only cares about social issues and doesn't give a shit about Americans who are out of work. I mean, it's the economy stupid is the saying. It's the famous saying. It's the number one rule of running for president. It's yeah. the economy stupid. He made it worse, Steve. He says, I quote, I don't care what the unemployment rate is going to be. It doesn't matter to me. My campaign doesn't hinge on unemployment rates and growth rates. <laughs> There's something more foundational that's going on it here. It doesn't matter. As long as I can restrict women's right to choose. <sighs> I just gotta fucking rule those pussies. <laughs> I just gotta keep the babies from dying in those pussies. I, <laughs> you was you was raped. You, I don't care. You're still gonna have your baby. Yeah, he's the worst person. He just has the most. Even Scott Brown, Tea Party Republican that came into Congress, made fun of him on Twitter this week or in, or in a speech. I think it was said that now that Centaurum has Secret Service. Protection. It's the first time Centaurum's ever used protection. Oh yeah, they're all they all have Secret Service now. It's very exciting for them. Yeah, yeah. he he's he fucking said that women who <laughs> were raped and got pregnant. He was just like, you're just gonna have to make the best out of a bad situation. Yeah, like I would never encourage rape on anybody, but like when you say that, I feel like there should be some kind of gender reassignment surgery, and then you rape the you rape Centaurum. Yeah. And give him a baby and make it's him carry a term. Literally making the worst out of a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if we can spin this. Let's make the person carry the rapist baby. You were raped and now you have to deal with the constant reminder by raising it. You're going to give birth to a miniature version of the, of the worst nightmare of your life and look at it every day. Did you finish your cereal? miniature guy who raped me and everything about that baby that doesn't look like you or <laughs> oh. res resemble you is like oh she must have my rapist size oh, <laughs> oh. it's fucking it's horrible horrible like it's it's yeah it's horrible but listen you know he's a good old boy and he believes what he believes he loves god he does love god he loves God a lot like Tim Tebow loves God. <laughs> and Tebow's now out of a job because Peyton yeah. Manning just signed with the Broncos. Broncos. Tebow, apparently it wasn't God's plan for him to have more than half a season with the Broncos. Man. He proved, Tim Tebow kind of proves that God does not care about the details of Earth. Sports, God. Or, or not sports, at, all. at least. At least sports, yeah. God's like, don't, when you score a touchdown, don't kiss your fingers and then point up to me because <laughs> I'm dealing with much bigger shit. 
<laughs> if you've seen the other parts of the globe, if you've seen the unemployment rate, Tim Tebow. Don't thank me for your touchdowns, oh, Tim Tebow. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. And then, and then even John McCain, who sometimes is pretty conservative, went and, and defended women's rights this week on Meet the Press. There's a bill in Arizona, which is kind of fast overtaking Florida as the most insane state in the union. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a bill that, um, very controversial because it, it's a state bill in Arizona that would let employers restrict health insurance coverage for contraception to only those cases when a woman can prove it's because of a medical reason, like endometriosis or an ovarian cyst. Yeah. Which, this is a GOP-sponsored bill, Republican-sponsored bill, which would make, this, this would make women have to go to their bosses and explain why they want birth control. Yeah. No, it's not because I'm fucking. No, no, no. I, well, explain I to me, Janine. I, I don't fuck a lot. Um, Are you sure, Janine? Yeah, I just have this medical condition. Janine, prove it. Show me your ovaries, Janine. All right. Well, that's why I wore a skirt today. Wider. Have a, have a look. Wider. Yeah. <laughs> God. Horrible. I need to move to another state. Horrible. So here is McCain on Meet the Press talking to David Gregory about exactly you think that. that. There is something of a war on women among Republicans. I think we have to fix that. I think that there is a perception out there because of the way that this whole contraception issue played out. Uh, we need to get off of that issue, in my view. I think we ought to respect the right of women to make choices in their lives and make that clear and get back on to what the American people really care about. There we go. Johnny McCain stepping up. That's not bad. Are you a McCain fan? Are you a supporter of his in the 08 election? No. <laughs> <laughs> But I like hearing that. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, even the opposite side of the spectrum. I mean, that we have to have common sense back in our discourse. It's insane. Yeah, we can't move backwards. It's it's ludicrous. You're saying it's the rapper ludicrous? Yes. I don't even know what. what I, I don't follow that logic at all. Nope. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. You're is saying ludicrous. when you're saying ludicrous is when the Republican Party gets so out of whack. And it starts restricting women's rights. It becomes ludicrous. It becomes Chris... Uh, ludicrous Bridges. Chris Bridges, yeah. That's what you're saying to me. Yes. I mean, I, honestly, I, I call bullshit on that. Yep. People can edit Wikipedia. We're going to have to agree to disagree then. I'm going to tackle you to the death instead. <laughs> See who wins that argument. Yep. I've got God on my side. Yeah. Well, you know who else must believe that, that he has God on his side? Is Bashar al-Assad. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a weird transition, but it worked. No, sort it of. worked totally great. Okay, good. So this <laughs> week, obviously, he's been he's been responsible for this horrible, bloody crackdown on, on his citizens. People are protesting, want him out of out of power, and he's been killing them. Almost eight thousand people killed over the last year, and their email. He and his wife's email was hacked this week, and they released all these emails. Thousands of emails. I didn't know about this. Yeah, this is an interesting story. I'll tell you all you need to know. Thank you. Because that's what I do on the podcast. Thank you. you can just respond live in real time. <laughs> I'm going to get my news once a year coming <laughs> on your podcast. <laughs> that's all you need, man. There'll be some holes, but if it's If you ever okay. do a year in review show, I'll, I'll have me on that you. so I can know <laughs> what I missed Definitely. while I was playing Mass Effect 3. <laughs> you love video games, yeah, man. You to escape I from do. the world's problems. I do. So... Uh, he and his wife had their emails hacked. Her name is Mrs. Assad. That makes sense. <laughs> it does, right? She's 36 years old. Nice. And she's apparently also, by the way, like a young, hot, white, British, milfy woman. Okay. She's not even a Middle Eastern woman, which I was stunned by just that. Yeah. And um, 
they have their emails hacked and it shows they don't give a shit about they have no misgivings about this this horrible crackdown um because they were very jokey in these emails apparently not only was she kept she keeps saying to him like you're not taking any more shit from these people great speech last night hold firm she then bashar al-assad forwarded to her <laughs> a funny email with one of those emails with like silly questions and responses right yeah like one of them uh was titled um student who obtained zero percent on an exam okay which she forwarded to the rest of her family and changed the subject line to a really bright homesy student making fun of the citizens of 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 homes the town that they are slaughtering okay and um it it had all those like uh stupid questions and answers one of the ones in the list was in which battle did napoleon die his last battle Zing. And they're forwarding this email while murdering people, okay? You gotta have fun. You gotta, you gotta keep it, it light. Keep it light. When you're murdering people, you do have to have some tension release. You gotta snap. Yeah, you, you don't want to snap, snap yourself. It. No, yeah. You gotta keep your wits about you. All of a sudden, you rent a blimp and start driving errantly through the air. <laughs> you don't want that to happen. And no. then she also made it clear that she's aware of her husband's brutal image and that he's seen as a... as as a dictator, because she sent an email to one of her family members on December 14th, just a few months back, saying, as for listening, I'm the real dictator. He has no choice but to listen to me. Women wear the pants in that family. <laughs> Except when the husband murders the citizens of their land. Oh, Jesus. And, I mean, it's been hard for her, though, too, Steve. I don't know if you know, yeah. know this because... Of the international sanctions. Okay. Uh, it's forced her to shop online with an alias. No way. Yes. Did they have that alias? No, they didn't publish uh. the alias. But, um, she's been asking friends to collect jewelry from Paris for her. Oh. Cause I mean, when you're killing your citizens and the world community wants you to stop, how are you going to get new jewelry? Maybe we can have a benefit for her at That's the an improv. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Jewels for Mrs. Assad. Jewels for the cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um she also said on february 3rd she wrote to a friend also been meeting a lot of families of victims which is hard but also gives me strength <laughs> i don't know why she's getting strength well she sucks their blood out after they're dead and that gives her strength it's like oh my god stem cells and shit it's unbelievable <laughs> their stem cell research allowed in syria their blood gives me strength <laughs> Oh my Every God. day I feel more alive. And it came out that uh, it looks like he's probably cheating on her, too, because, oh, no. yeah, in two emails from his trusted aides, young Syrian women living in the United States, mm-hmm. um, one of them looked to be in her 20s, sent him a photograph of herself standing provocatively against a wall in her underwears. Proof or it didn't happen. I need photo. <laughs> That's a good line to use on girls. Yeah. Prove it. Prove it. Photos or it didn't happen, bitch. <laughs> Um, but she does seem like she's acknowledging that shit might be on the way out for them because she sent him an email saying, stay strong, we'll get through this. But it looks like she's aware that their four decades of their family's rule might be ending soon. Oh, man. And there was two more developments, one good, one bad. It looks as though Saudi Arabia no. is now bringing military, no, no to help out the Syrian oh, rebels. Okay, good. Saudi Arabia oh, good. wants this guy out. And so they are sending military equipment to the Syrian rebels to help stop this bullshit. And um, it's on the way to Jordan, which is right on the border of, of Syria, and they're trying to help stop these massacres, okay. which I think is important. Yeah. But just today, and this is unconfirmed, but ABC News reports 
that uh, just today Russia apparently is sending anti-terrorism tanks to support the Assad regime, oh, regime, which is real jacked up because then we're not going to be able to step in and stop it yeah. because then it'll be war with Russia. It'll yeah. literally be – we don't want to piss off Russia. We don't want World War Three. No, with how emotionally unstable Putin is. Fucking Putin. Crying at his at, at his reelection ceremony. Yeah, that he stole. That he stole. He's like, listen, <laughs> you guys with your oh my god, me really? You love me? Uh, Thanks, guys. I can't believe that when I give you no choice, you choose me. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> Thanks for the reelection. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> And back to our own protests here in America. Occupy Wall Street protesters arrested in New York again. That's still happening? Yeah, well, they they don't have a, an, an encampment anymore, but they have the six-month anniversary of when it started. And so they met back in Zuccotti Park, yeah. and the police were all ready to arrest them right off the bat. They're like, look, they can meet, but as soon as they put up any tents, we're going in. Yeah. And they put tents up around midnight. Immediately, cops came in, arrested like 70 people or 17 people or something. A lot of people were arrested. They should have just waited till summer. <laughs> yeah, right? When people are in the more... We're going to have the 10th month anniversary <laughs> of Occupy Wall Street. Why, though, is is the government and, and the New York police and Mayor Bloomberg, why are they so against camping? What's wrong with camping? That's disgusting. <laughs> people have to shit somewhere. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, what do you think overall the IPA movement? Do you think noble causes should have a resurgence? Or do you think time has passed? I honestly don't know. I I mean, I fully agree with them, but I don't know if it's where, you know, when they had Occupy Los Angeles was going on, I went down. Yeah. There was a rally and I went down to check it out and um, uh, <laughs> I got down there and they were having the rally. I forget what street, like Hill Street or something. And they had like a stage and, you know, all these people showing up to speak. And there's like, you know, it seemed like maybe 200 people at the <laughs> stage. And then down at the other end of the street were like fucking 400 motherfucking hippies like having a drum circle and like <laughs> dancing. I'm like, this is why it's not going to fucking work. You fucking people are just here to fucking have fun. Right. Like, not all of them. No, I mean, but, I actually like spent some time down there. Like, I spent a night in a tent, actually, one one night, and yeah. got the Occupy cough for a while, which was unpleasant. There was a cough going around. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. But so I think I think you're right. There was there's certainly some elements that are using it as a way to like convene in the middle, have a per and have a place to hang and have drum circles and smoke weed constantly. But I think that the goals are really great, and I yeah. think the vast majority, I really think, of the people that were living there and camping out really wanted to make these changes. Yeah. But it's a leaderless movement and it was hard for them to crystallize their goals. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of dissension amongst, amongst them too towards, you know, true towards the end. Does it need a leader? Does, does the movement need a leader? Uh, I think it needs, uh, maybe not a specific leader, but it needs kind of just like a figurehead. You know what I mean? Like someone, I don't know. Here's an idea that I've had for years. Let me float it by you. I think this could be good for starting either a religion or a movement, okay? One that actually finally has people's best interests in mind. It doesn't have some megalomaniac at the top. It should be led by two buddies. 
Because two buddies are like completely innocuous. Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> and one dead guy. I'm a soul man. <laughs> one of them takes tanning pills. <laughs> Don't you think though, like if you and Paul Sane led the movement, nobody would think you guys were like trying to fucking take it over for yourselves. Paul Sane to be late for his, du- for his Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah, that would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> Why you guys wouldn't be able to motivate enough? Well, Brian's married and he has a kid now. And are you married? No, you're not married. No, no you, kid either. You got a girl going right now? No. You looking for a girl? Not really. Tell the girls out there how yeah, you're clearly very excited to meet a girl. Tell them what you're looking for. I like a nice tight pussy and a firm asshole. Mm-hmm. And how about a uh, personality? Well, what? Personality? What's that? You know how the, when the girl talks or like it emotes? What's it, do they talk? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they can talk and everything. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. This is actually... <laughs> Next. That <laughs> <laughs> actually reminds me of another story I read this week. I wasn't planning on talking about it, but you just you, you segued me so perfectly into it. A study came out this week. You know, a lot of guys will criticize their girlfriends or their wives, or whatever, for always starting drama and saying that they need drama. And, and girls say, that's bullshit. It's not true. A study came out saying it might be true, mm-hmm. saying that men are most happy in a relationship when they are when they see their partners totally happy. And there's no discord. And women actually feel most comfortable in the relationship and most secure when they see their woman uh, out of sorts or when they see their guy out of sorts and annoyed and bothered because it, it proves to them that he actually has emotion and cares about the relationship. Yeah. Do you find uh, this to be true? Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. So have you found this to be true in your past relationships? Are the girls starting up the drama? You're just trying to keep things copacetic and they're, yeah, they're I'm, rabble I mean, rousing? I'm generally non-confrontational. I hate drama i hate like yelling and conflict i just i just want everything to be mellow and like oh you just want it to be mellow steve yeah bro you just want things to be mellow yeah you just want it to be chilled out hey you don't keep your voice down ben what if i oh, don't ben. feel like keeping my voice down you're gonna tell me what to do oh ben you're embarrassing me you're just gonna of... tell me what to do in front of my whole audience no, listening right i'm now. not telling you what to do i'm telling you what i want to oh it's all about what you want <laughs> <laughs> that's about how it goes yeah. that's how they go right yeah that sounds I, very familiar like i don't want to alienate my female listeners but at the same time i have found this to be somewhat true not in every relationship but i feel like women do like to to see that you can be emotionally affected because guys are so lackadaisical with their emotions sometimes yeah and the article said how do you ever it you know it it, it asked the question how do you ever reconcile those two they seem totally opposite yeah but it said that maybe w- women just need to be realize that their guy likes to be chill and happy, and guys have to realize that their girl is sometimes going to have these mood swings and want to start shit. Ugh. Right? It's like, why do we have to... Their side of it, they don't have to deal with anything bad. Yeah. Our side, we have to deal with... Why am I still... I'm still angry, like, in our fake fight. <laughs> <laughs> I've become the woman, You're really Steve. getting worked up, man. Oh my God. Let me add somebody. Just calm down, bro. Okay. It's just, you know... Just breathe. Do you think women and men will ever, get, as 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 rights equalize more, as we evolve more people, do you think we'll ever become more similar personality-wise, or is that polarity important? I don't know. I I I don't think it'll ever change. You don't think so? It doesn't seem like it will. Do you think that's good? Do you think that's part of what makes us attractive to women is that they're fiery? 
I don't think it's good or bad. I think it's just, uh, you know, the way we're wired. Like, I think it's mo- a take it or leave it thing. Well, that's true. And if we're just drawn to them, but do you ever feel like sometimes you want to just run into the arms of Brian Pulsain and actually become gay? Um, uh, no. You sure? Yeah. You see, I mean, I do agree with you that you do have to just take it for what it is. I learned that lesson, you know, and in a, in a, the source of all of my, Calm in my life and wisdom from the Garth Brooks song. Wow. Fire and rain where he goes, she's fire and rain. Oh, no, it's not it goes. She's sun and rain. She's fire and nice. A little crazy, but it's nice. And when she gets mad, you best leave her alone. Go jerk off in the shower. That's the next lyric. You're a big Garth Brooks fan. Yeah, I love him. When I'm jerking in the shower. At pictures of Steve Agee's head. Wow. On top of lingerie Make magazines. Time. And I'm the happiest <laughs> man alive. You know the song. Yeah, yeah. It's Fire Nice. Yeah. Garth Brooks it's one tune. of my favorites. It's a great Garth Brooks tune. AdamandEve.com, by the way, if you want to uh, actually have a sex life. And get longer for sex. all your pockets. Pussies. Yeah, but whatever sex toys you want, vid- all videos, enter the code last I week. I've always wanted to try one. Maybe I'll enter the code and get one. Do it. Last week with no spaces, and you get three free gifts and half off the toy and free shipping. That's a great bargain, Ben. AdamandEve.com. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to tell you. Now, are you would, you would you consider yourself a distracted person generally in life, or would you say that yeah. you are you are yeah pretty distracted i don't even need to hear what the other <laughs> option was gonna be i'm so distracted well there's good news for you then this week thank you <laughs> you don't even know what the good news is yet uh, i'm assuming it's pot related it's not even pot related oh okay well let's so now that's it. sad yeah well no, it might be better a study came out this week that distracted people have sharper brains you seem depressed about that that's no i seem to not believe that oh, really well, the studies show that people who appear to be constantly distracted have more working memory going on. They like get a lot of windows open, giving mm. them the ability to hold a lot of information in their heads and manipulate it mentally. They gave people memory tests and while performing simple tasks. And a psychologist at the University of Madison, Wisconsin, um, said that people with higher working memory capacity reported they were had their they had their minds wandering more during the test, but they performed better on those tasks. Mm. So. Makes you wonder. It does. If a man's, if a man or a woman who, when they get distracted, if that's actually good. If people get pissed at you for not paying attention, can you just say, "This is, this is, I got other I'm shit going on." Yeah. Don't you think <laughs> you can use this now the rest of your life? I don't know. I've seen, I've, I've seen more forgetful lately, to the point where it's starting to freak me out. But that might be the weed. Might be the weed. Not as much the distraction. Might be the weed, or it might. Might be the weed. It could, it could be the weed, possibly. Yeah. I just want to float that out there. Um, yeah, but like lately, like over the past few months, I've like been like forgetting weird shit. Like, really? Like what? Yeah, you know, like names of people that I know like really well. Like, <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Like not if, if I see them in person, I won't forget it, but like when I'm trying to think of somebody. Yeah. Like if I was talking to you about somebody, try it right now. Oh, you know who I saw at uh, the who? improv last week. Who? So just and like that's this. When, yeah, this is and what that's happens. and then my brain, like, I start to panic because I'm like, I think I'm getting Alzheimer's because I should know this person's name. They're yeah. one of my best friends, 
That's a frightening moment. Yeah, it's what do you do at that moment? Smoke some more weed or what? I uh I just cry. <laughs> <laughs> One of the uh doctors involved in this study, uh his name is Dr. John Smallwood. Which of I just, the Madison Smallwoods? Of the Madison, Wisconsin Smallwoods. <laughs> uh, no, he actually works at the Max Planck Institute for Human Cognitive and Brain Science in Leipzig, Germany. Of course he does. Um, but he says that, the, that what the study seems to suggest is that when circumstances for a task aren't very difficult, people who have additional working memory resources use them to think about other things. It's actually a very effective way. And people do it in their lives, whether they're on the bus, cycling to work, in the shower. They're supporting themselves with other working memory and their brains trying to allocate resources to the most pressing problems in their lives. Okay. And I only wanted to report that last part of it because his name is Dr. John Smallwood. Smallwood. His original name, Steve, was Dr. Bathroom Tiny Erection. No shit. That's his real name and he changed it. Why would he do that? Well, would I would want to go around with a name like Tiny Erection? Would be, would be memorable. It would. That's what we did. <laughs> you wouldn't forget that name, would you, Steve? No. No, you would not. Although I probably will. I'll probably be at home tonight. And what the fuck? Oh, I want to Google that guy. Oh, what the fuck was his name? <laughs> then I'll have to text you and you'll be like, dude, it's like three in the morning. Fucking go to bed. Yeah. And then I'll try to jerk one out before I go to sleep and I'll undo my pants and realize, ah, his name was Smallwood. Smallwood. That's how I would remember. Um, You have a lot of dreams, Steve? You dream big? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I don't mean actual dreams. I don't mean like what, building an amusement park in <laughs> space. I mean. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you meant like dreams at night. No, like, I mean like live life goal dreams. Uh, yeah. I mean. What are your big goals? Do you have big goals or do you, are you just going along for the ride? You know, I think they're fairly common. Like I want to f- own a house. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. I, I don't like apartment living. So being on a television show for three seasons, you can't own, buy a house yet still? Not on Comedy Central, you can't. Fuzz, really? Yeah. See, this is what's very frustrating. I'm on cable, too. I can't buy a house. I'm not even regularly on cable like you were, though. I'm, like, occasionally on cable. Well, and you you know how it goes, man. It's, yeah. Uh, AFTRA is the worst union in the history of the world. Was your show AFTRA? Yeah. It was. It's the worst. It's a union. I don't know what the point of union. It's just to collect dues. They have no... Demand they for their make clients. All their money on dues. Yeah. They're fucking base in the union. They just do not. They're like, here, we're the, we'll undercut the other union no. and, and demand nothing. You know, it was the worst is a, a couple of years ago, like when we were doing the show, uh, sometimes there'd be like huge gaps between seasons. Like we'd finish and then it'd be like a year, almost a year <laughs> and a half before we oh, shot man. again. And I would be broke, you know, by the time <laughs> right. we started shooting again. And I remember one time I was like really broke, like, some of my shit was about to be sh- turned off and I was oh, like, no. I don't know where, like we don't shoot for like another month. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I get this letter in the mail from after us saying, um, we got a check from you, a residual check. It was like, it was a good size check too. It was like $800 or something. Uh-huh. We got this check. And, um, since you were behind on dues, we just put that money into your dues. Oh yeah. That happens to me all the time. Like, like <laughs> that was my money. Like, fuck you. Yeah, I get checks all the time after it says after check department and I'll open it and it'll be receipts. Yeah. And the checks literally torn out of the check part. And they're yeah. like, we took this for dues. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. 
So I really pray that after and SAG merge, at least there's one union that can like. Yeah. And the, <laughs> don't even get me started. It's so fucking infuriating. <clears throat> when I was writing at Kimmel, oh, actually it was after, you know, I'm still in the writer's guild. <clears throat> like that same thing happened, like, you know, very similar, like, but the check came in the mail. Right. I got the check from the Writers Guild and it there was a note with it saying, You're a little bit behind on your dues. Oh no, it was before I got the check. It's like, we have a check here for you. <laughs> Would it be all right if we took some of it for dues? <laughs> and I That's polite. I got back to him and I said, Absolutely not. I'm broke. <laughs> I I will pay you when I get the money, but I'm broke. And they gave me this check. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. See, After would never do that. No, the Writers Guild is a much better union. I remember <clears throat> I wrote, I wrote the Radio Music Awards in 2001. It got me as like a provisional member of the Writers Guild like years and years ago. Three weeks. It was the best pay I've ever received in my life. Mm-hmm. And never since. In the 11 years since, if I come close to that kind of pay. The reason I asked you about dreams, Steve. Oh, yeah, dreams. Is because another study came out this week that's very interesting. Apparently, it seems that it might be giving up on your dreams makes you happier as you age. Perfect. <laughs> oh my God, dude, that's perfect. It's like a great relief for most people. Oh, I hope that's real. Yeah. Destroying the stereotype that old people are grumpy, crabby old bears. Um, obviously we know the physical quality of life goes down, but apparently mental satisfaction increases. Um, it's a study that was done, a study that was done in Great Britain. If they took an, enough barbecue breaks, perhaps. Um, huh. and, uh, apparently happiness levels in life hit a U curve. They hit their low point around age 45 and then start rising. You're almost there. there. You're going to hit your lowest point in the next year. Oh, shit. Year, two years. Wait, I'm still not at the lowest? No, no, it's going to get worse. Okay. It's going to get a lot worse for you. And then it's, it's clear sky sailing. I give up and then everything will be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Then you give up on your dreams. Things are going to be great. I can see that. You know, have, have you ever worked at a job where you're just like, you knew you needed to do it. You had, you know, you had to pay bills and like, you, ha- you no matter what this job like you had to have this job but then as time goes on you're like you get to a point where you're so miserable that like one day you wake up and you're like i don't care yeah if i get fired yeah i don't care if i qu- there's other jobs out there and it's like a really liberating feeling oh, where best. you're like when you walk in and your boss is like being a dick to you and you're just like fuck off it's the best experience. I worked, you know, when I was first living in LA, I worked at Starbucks. This was, you know, like 15 years ago, maybe more. And, and Starbucks um, was just a brand new baby. No, it still wasn't. It was like really? still huge. But, uh, you know, and I was like, well, I got to fucking pay my rent. And right. This is an important job. And then it was just so miserable. And then I got to a point where I was like, I'm serving coffee. I can do that at so many different coffee shops. Like, <laughs> I can get it. I was like, this doesn't matter. I was like, this isn't an end goal to me. But like, I don't want to serve coffee. Like, I'm working for a bigger goal. So if I don't lose this job, that's, and then, you know, I had a shitty customer one night and I was just snapped and I was like, you want your fucking coffee? <laughs> Here it is. Come make it. And he was like, what? No. No, I, I'm sorry. And I was like, fuck you. I'm gone. <laughs> Even and after it, you apologize, you're like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, I was like, fuck you. And I left. And it was the best fucking feeling. <laughs> and there were two. 
it was a night shift and I was training two people. It was just me who'd been working there for forever <laughs> and two brand new employees who didn't know how to make the coffee. So you yet. shut down the Starbucks. Well, I don't know. I walked out and I said, <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys, but like, I was like, fuck you to the customer. And then I looked at these two guys with their fucking, the just sheer look of terror in their faces. Like, please don't leave. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. And I was like, so long, you know, you got to write that script, dude. Oh, it was such a great. They're just left there. They were smart. They were like, the rest of the night, we're only selling water bottles and biscottis. Biscottis. I used just to wanted... be biscottis a big thing. Yeah. In a big jar. There's these. Yeah. Big... And now they're gone. And they have you like pick them out with your hands. It's like everybody's hands are going this biscotti jar. It's like bobbing for apples. I remember one. It is. Yeah. Disgusting. It is. Remember one t- that bobbing for apples? Oh, I do. I did that in like first grade. They would literally have a, a tub of apples. It's full of water and slobber. And you would put your mouth in and try to grab apples. Then bullies tried to drown me. And it's in October, you know. It's like it's like a <laughs> Halloween yeah, yeah. season thing. It's like, yeah, flu season is starting up right then. Well, let's have our kids fucking more children die from apple bopping, bobbing, than apple, anything apple else. Bopping. Apple bopping and paper mache accidents every year. Papier mache. I remember one time I was at a job that it was an office job and I couldn't stand it. Right, I just had enough one day, and I'm like, fuck this. I'm not even going to show up when I, when I want to. Only I don't care. And it was so liberating. I'm like, fuck you to my bosses. Here's how you should run shit around here. Me and my Indian friend who also worked there started hanging out a lot. This other guy too. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm getting girls. I, I go to the TGI Fridays type place near my work. I start dating Jennifer Aniston. Wait, I mean, that's a movie. What do you mean? It sounds like Office Space. I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, a movie. I'm pretty sure this. Oh, you. Well, you're right. That is yeah. a movie, Office Space. <laughs> yeah. I was about to, yeah, I, that was not my, I, I shouldn't I, have interrupted you though. I liked where you were going. No, that is the movie office space. It never happened in my, I never worked in an office really. We're on time at a publicity office. I never quit. Interesting. You never quit. You just stopped going. Yeah. That's a good thing too. I like that. I just stopped going. Um, but apparently the reason in this study why getting rid of your dreams makes you happier is because they, they speculate that lowering your expectations from life Actually, as you, as you age, puts less pre- you put less pressure on yourself. And well, if you don't have any goals, anytime something awesome happens, it's like icing. You're just like, yeah. holy shit, that was unexpected and right. great. Exactly right. So I recommend this. And like, not that I don't recommend, obviously you and I are like in a very competitive industry and we're trying to achieve a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but oftentimes if I'll do a show and I'll run to somebody from high school or whatever and they'll be like, you're living the dream, man. I always tell them, like, look, certainly it's a cool job, but don't think, like, my life's magical sandcastles. Yeah. And you're like, because yeah. oftentimes it's like you never leave your job at home. It's 24 hours a day in your mind. It's yeah. a struggle. You're on a television show. You don't have enough money still to pay your bills sometimes. Yeah. And they get to check in and check out of their job every day at 5 o'clock. And Study income. Yeah, and it's a vacation every day. And if they live in L.A. or in a nice city, you're living in a de- in a vacation spot. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck people that have not pursuing their dreams for being so happy. Yeah. What Fuckers. makes them so happy? I don't know. Ugh. Steve, you and I would make a great couple because I fight I and you people. just defuse me. I hate people. Right. Me too. The world's full of people who are hate worthy. Too many people. Agreed. The study also said that people who sleep between six and eight hours a day tended to have better physical and mental health. Um, than people who slept fewer than six or more than eight. 
How many do you sleep a night? Never in that range. Honestly, especially when I'm working like on the podcast prepping, I usually will sleep between one and four hours, sometimes five if I'm lucky. And then I'll crash out the end of the week. I'll sleep for like 12 hours straight. Friday night, I went to bed at four o'clock in the morning and not because I was out doing it. I just yeah. couldn't fall asleep. Uh-huh. You know, I was like laying there watching TV, hoping that that would put me to sleep. Didn't put me to sleep. So finally I fall asleep around four and I wake up at fucking seven thirty a.m. What? Like, it's like I slept like three and a half hours and was just like, you were just done sleeping. Done sleeping, but I was a fucking wreck all day. You know, I was doing like a short film for a friend, so I like couldn't go back to sleep. I had to like, I was like, if I go back to sleep, I'm going to fucking, I'll oversleep and miss this bullshit. You know what that's one of the first signs of though? Hmm. Waking up suddenly and then not go back to sleep? Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, weed-induced memory problems. Oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. It's been fun. (laughs) I have... uh, one of my favorite sleep things in life, because I love sleep so much, when I do get to finally actually sleep, is when you have your alarm set for a certain time, like let's say your alarm set for like 11 a.m., and you wake up, and, I, and before I look at it, I'm praying, please don't be 10.52, please be like, like 7 a.m., yes. and I get to sleep for like four more hours, I'm like, like, fuck yes. I love that. It is the greatest feeling. It's better than blowjobs, arguably. Yeah. It's better than tacos, taco salad for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because taco salad has no shell even. Taco salad's fucking a joke. Yeah, it's like, be a salad or be a taco. It's a joke. Give me a fucking shell and call that a bowl? (laughs) Who are these assholes? They're just assholes, dude. Don't let them get to you. Yeah. (laughs) Don't let them get to you. I'll tell them right in their language, no es una idea buena porque fuck taco salad. Do you speak Spanish? Más o menos, un poquito. No, 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 no. No 100% perfecto, pero un poquitito, sí. Ah, bueno. Do you speak Spanish? No. <laughs> no at all. I used to speak it pretty well, and then uh, I just never had a need to, and so I forgot it. Like I, I took Spanish one and two in high school and like really kind of, you know, like excelled at Spanish. I was good at Spanish, and I just never had a need to keep doing it. And you just, just, you just stopped it, man? Just stopped. Forgot most of it. Do you remember any like the rhymes you you were taught in elementary school in Spanish or like no. little things? No. You never learned los pajaritos cantan las nubes que levantan que sí que no que caiga el cinturón. Is that a rhyme? Like None a, of that rhymes. <laughs> Maybe that rhymes in Spanish. That's one thing I've always wondered. It's like you know song like music and like foreign music. Yeah. Like, when we hear them singing in like German or like <laughs> French or something, and it's not rhyming to us. Yes. Because it's not our language. Is it rhyming to them? <laughs> it can't be because it's not. It, a rhyme is the sound. A rhyme is the sound. Yeah, that so I've never even rhyming. thought about that. But you know what? A, a very similar thing that's perplexed me for years is when they take an American song that we all know and translate it into Spanish or something. Yeah. And it's still, they make it rhyme. Yeah. It's like, how possibly could the words of those words in English also be rhyming with rhyming words in Spanish yeah. for each end of the two sentences? Yeah. That makes no sense. They're, they're definitely changing the lyrics. They're changing to all the girls I love before to like, oh, taco salad is delish. So there's something like that. Yeah. Do you think? Taco salad is not delish. I agree. That, on that, you and I agree. Who made that song. That's <laughs> some guy that just tries to make it rhyme, trying to push a rhyme together. Like a, like a miniature Spanish Bashar al-Assad trying to 
force people to do things. You have Live Nation sign right out your window. Yeah, yeah. No one knows if it's you know to the left or right of my building, but it's somewhere you know in the view. It is big, huge ticketing company that um, does not sell tickets to my shows. Fuck. Who does Laugh Stub? Laugh Stub does tell us <laughs> yeah. tickets to my shows. Yeah, mine too. Laugh Stub's the best man. I like him. Laugh Stub's great. I ever use Viagra? No, I never have. I'm, I have a phobia of pills. All pills. I barely will take aspirin. Really? I have to have a really bad headache. Where does the phobia come from? I don't know. I just don't. Were you beaten by a pill when you were young? <laughs> yeah. My grandfather was killed by a, a fucking stray vitamin. <laughs> a bunch of vitamins <laughs> fell from a blimp. <laughs> no, it's, I, I, I think it's, you know, if you've ever taken vitamins and you didn't like eat before it and get really nauseous, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. like if you take pills without eating first, um, I think it just comes from that. I just associate taking pills with getting nauseous. Interesting. So I just don't do it. I still take Flintstone vitamins, but those are chewables. That doesn't count. You do you really? I do. I love Flintstone. The taste is it's like it's great candy. Are they it's a got multivitamin vitamins. or is it like vitamin C? You can get either kind. There's a big variety of Flintstone vitamin options. Purple's my favorite. Grape? Is it grape flavored? It is grape flavored, yeah. It yeah. tastes like purple. It does. The only reason I asked you you ever taken Viagra, I didn't want to, to know if you didn't want to share it. And you clearly you haven't even no, taken it. I have no problem with it. But in Ohio, Democratic State Senator, and this is the last story before we go into Twitter answers and then the Thunder Round, where we do a couple quick stories and we're out. Um, so just so you guys know, we're, we're dismounting soon. We'll be done in less than 10 minutes probably. Um, but Democratic State Senator Nina Turner has introduced a bill in the Ohio State Senate the Buckeye State, requiring men to take a cardiac stress test. Oh, I heard about this. And get a notarized affidavit from a sexual partner affirming that you are impotent before you can receive a Viagra prescription. But she's doing that in uh, response to the, um, what was the, the proposed law of like women would have to get, you know, uh, an ultrasound if they wanted to get birth control no, if they want to get an abortion they'd have to get an ultrasound to, to see yeah so it's actually a life in there yeah so the same so this woman was like well if women have to do that then men are gonna fucking have to do this oh she's just doing it in response yeah because i feel like being having to prove you're impotent really is going to make your erections harder to get from that point forward yeah it it's might a ridiculous the vicodin i mean the viagra it's a ridiculous bill because of so she's just thing. making a point she's making a oh, point. i didn't realize that yeah because Utah schools this week are not making a point. They're, they're for real. Utah just passed a law this week that if, if the governor signs it will allow Utah public schools to stop teaching sex ed classes entirely. Um, it will also prohibit instruction on the use of any contraceptive and prohibit teaching about homosexuality. So what are they going to teach? Just math. <laughs> It'll just be math, no science. Listen, we're just going to learn math all day, guys. We're just going to pinpoint Nebraska on a map and learn math. <sighs> That's it. It's like everything's moving backwards. It's so Everything crazy. suddenly, it's moving backwards. And you know what else this makes no sense about? It? Is that's going to create... It's like they're so afraid of even hearing sex being taught. They would rather that than than people actually not have sex. Because the only thing that made me scared of sex as a kid was sex ed. The yeah. one thing that made it seem serious and horrible. The VD section oh, of the class. Like, horrendous. Nope, not going to do it. Yeah, so I think that's a little bit insane. But um, that said, I think those are our major stories, and it is time to take Twitter answers. 
Twitter answers. This week's question for hashtag last week on Earth. Since we're in the middle of March Madness, I asked, what makes you mad? And some people had responses, and, you know, Steve, feel free to uh, chime in with your advice, thoughts, opinions on people's uh, statements. Miss Ashley Janes said, having all this stupid basketball on TV all the freaking time makes her mad. Yeah, I'm... Uh I'm not a huge basketball fan, so I don't it doesn't make me mad, though. Well, I don't. I, it makes me a little bit mad because I don't like college sports. Yeah, it's like I don't give a shit. There's always, first of all, their shoes are squeakier. You ever notice that? Yeah. You pass by a college basketball game <laughs> constantly, <laughs> the whole time. Someone should sample the sounds of sneakers squeaking on, you know, a wooden basketball court and use it in the. Why? Summer. So everybody kills themselves? Yep. <laughs> exactly. At Oxo Heath said that I haven't met you yet, referring to me, which is very nice of him to say. I'll be in Indianapolis at Morty's March 29th through 31st, Fort Lauderdale, nice. Improv, April 25th, Zanies, Nashville, April 26th through 29th, and Paris Hotel and Casino Las Vegas, March 3rd through 5th. You have any dates coming up, Steve? Uh, just a couple I'm doing. I'm hosting um, Comedy is Dead at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Oh, that's a great show. Yeah, with Duncan Trussell and Sarah Silverman. And then uh, I'll be in Portland, Oregon for the Bridgetown Comedy Festival the 12th of April through 15th of April. Oh, and that Comedy cool. is Dead is the 5th of, of April. Where can people get tickets? Just this online show up? What just, they do? Uh, you can probably find me on Twitter at Steve AG or uh, just Google it and I'm sure it will come up. Steve or Bridgetown at- Comedy Festival. You can go to their website, which I think is BridgetownComedyFestival.com. And at Steve AG on Twitter, Steve and then A-G-E-E. That's, that's it. Um, at Commander Anders uh, said, it's a toss-up between infidelity and Walmart always being sold out of the organic cinnamon toast crunch, mm. which is a toss-up. In my opinion. Yeah. It's like, uh, I didn't know there was organic cinnamon toast crunch. I didn't either. It seems like something I might have to look look in. We got to look into that for sure. Yeah. At uh, Red Savage O said, when my hose won't give me my percentage. Word. It's true. Yeah. Veronica underscore writes, W-R-I-T-E-S, says, my editor, my type 1 diabetes, people who don't put their shopping cart away, people who bite their silverware, Santorum and ads. Biting silverware. Ugh. I never even heard of that. Who bites their silverware? Well, you know, when you shovel some food in and, and you close your mouth and you can hear the, their teeth hitting the fucking fork. Oh, just, just giving me the willies right now just thinking about it. It's what like if I go fingers. bite some silverware right now? Should I? If you want. Oh, no, don't. It would fr- you're like shaking up right now. It's like fingers on a chalkboard. It's worse than fingers. It's on like a shoes squeaking on an NC2A basketball court to me. <laughs> There, that's a good, that's a better impression than mine. Thanks, I've been worried. That's in my act, actually. I'm also impressed at how much she fitted into 140 characters there. A lot of, a lot of things make her mad. Um, at underscore mal3k says, it makes me mad that weed is illegal, but five hour energy drinks are legal. That's a good point. It's that a strong is point. so synthetic and. I've only had it once. I couldn't sleep for like five days. It was horrible. Really? It ruined my shit. I can't do any of that stuff. Uh, even any of the energy drinks just really upset my stomach. Yeah, especially Red Bull. Rest his soul. Yeah. Poor Rest guy. his soul. And the last Twitter answer before we go into our thunder round here is um, at the original Miz, M-I-Z, uh, said what makes him mad is irrational, 
unwarranted disrespect. Yeah, that would make anyone. Nah, uh, fuck this guy. <laughs> you're disrespecting him. No, no, come on. This guy's fucking ridiculous. You're making him mad right no, no, now. No, no. I mean, he's obviously he's an idiot who who fucks monkeys. Ben, come on. This guy doesn't even know he deserved to be a part of the planet. This is unmitigated. I'm just disrespect. sorry. This guy's a dickwad and an <laughs> ass clown. We'll agree to disagree. Thanks for the submission for the message, though. It's time for the thunder round. <laughs> Chess makes a move this week. The European Chess Union introduced a dress code that bans female players from plunging necklines and major displays of cleavage. Why? Well, totally unfair to your opponent, who's staring constantly at your titties when you should be looking at where you should move the rook to the night left fuck spot. But you want more men to watch the sport. Well, that's a decent point, too. But you're also going to have women climbing to the top. And they might not be the best players. They just have great titties. Yeah. This is why I had to quit professional chess, Steve. No shit. Do you ever play chess? Are you a chess player? My dad taught me chess when I was a kid. And uh, I played for a while. Every now and then I'll play on, on computer. I, I don't know, man. You seem like you disagree with this. I'm in support of this move. You really are? Yeah. The, 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 the game is called chess, not chest. Oh, well played. Thank you. Man. Thank you. Checkmate. <laughs> Check and mate. That's right. Did a chupacabra kill farm animals in Mexico? Yes. You're just saying no, straight I don't up. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Did the legendary chupacabra kill 35 sheep in the Mexican town of Paracuaro? That's what local citizens are saying. There's these all of a sudden mysterious deaths of farm animals, according to the UFO Chronicles website. <laughs> <laughs> that noted website? Yeah, it's oh, one of the big websites. It's got to be true. Apparently, these sheep were slain early in the morning. And their bodies had claw and tooth injuries, especially by the neck. Do you think that there is a chupacabra? No, absolutely not. Loch Ness Monster? No. Bigfoot? No. You believe in none of those things? No. They're impossible? Impossible. We've never... We have no proof that they exist. Well, Bigfoot isn't that difficult. That could just be like a like a bear that learns to walk more. Yeah, but the guys that actually faked that video footage, that old film footage, like came out, you know, few, really years ago. Did they? Like, yeah, it was a hoax. We did it. Really? Yeah. Was the guy really hairy? No, it was a suit. The guy. I think they did it because one of the guys died or was dying, and it was like a deathbed confession or something. I could be wrong, but I don't think I. I thought you were gonna say that was his. That was his dying wish. Please create a video uh, that misleads the world. Yes, just one last wish. My sons, please <laughs> fake a giant ape walking around and call it Bigfoot. <laughs> Father, really? This is your last. It's all I want. Father, there's so much I want to ask you. No. Just, Father, tell me who is my real mother. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher's going into space. You hear that news story? No, on Richard Branson's thing. On Richard Branson's thing. <laughs> yep, he's flying in outer space on Richard Branson's penis. Whoa, fuck that. Yeah, Kutcher signed up. He's the 500th customer to sign up for the pioneering uh, spaceship program, the Virgin Intergalactic thing. He'll be going into outer space in about a year when the thing is done. Any other famous people? That's the only one that I've heard about. Um, but... Interestingly, Branson's really pushing hard to sell the safety of these programs. He said, and I quote, we are guided by safety and so we'll ensure that everything is just as safe as it can possibly be before we start commercial services. 
particularly as I will be on the first commercial flight with my kids. <laughs> what a fucking dude. <laughs> what an asshole. You know, his kids were like sitting there, and when they heard him say that, were like, what? <laughs> no. That is the worst Dad. father of the year award. How about, I mean, make yourself go on the first flight. That's gangster. Your kid should be allowed to go on flight five. If I'm dying, you're fucking dying with me. Get on the <laughs> fucking plane. Dad, no. I I just want two things before I die. Dad, you realize we're going into space. We might no, die. No, I want two things. Uh, okay. You Let's... will go into space with me before I die. No, okay, and next. And you will fake footage of a large furry creature. We'll do the Bigfoot. Just that one? Just that one. I would I'm love going both. going to space, Dad. I would prefer both. There's a chance we would all die. You guys don't want to die with me? No one's tested this Let's all die together as a family. No. All right. (laughs) And scene. And scene. Um, Thank you all for listening very much to Last Week on Earth this week. Steve, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Ben. Do you have any last things, last moments, last questions, concerns? No. Just keep it real, America. Keep it real, everybody. Everybody. Don't confuse your life with the movie Office Space. No. Don't do that. Don't make people have babies they don't want to have. Nope. And don't give foreign leaders grills, barbecue grills. No. Definitely not. Not a good one. And if you want sex toys or videos, go to adamandeve.com, enter the promo code last week with no spaces, and you win. You get half off and a bunch of free prizes. And get, let's get paper mache back. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. It's been too long, and there's a lot of possibility you can form it into anything. Yeah, just start grabbing those... LA weeklies out of the bins or the, yeah. like the music stores. Tear them up, add some flour and glue, and then go to barber shops. Okay. Mm-hmm. Collect all the hair that falls. Oh, brilliant. Mold the mache into a large woodland creature, glue the hair onto it. Boom. My friend Scott Chernoff had a funny sketch at Groundlings where he, he was like a paper mache instructor or something, but he called, he was very effeminate and he called papier mache. <laughs> papier mache. <laughs> it does sound a lot classier French. Yeah. Let's bring it back, guys. Let's bring it back. No matter what the country is. Um, I'll leave you in a moment with gang stars above the clouds. You should get that on iTunes. Uh, follow at Steve Agee, at Ben Glebe, hashtag last week on earth to ask questions. And until last week, next week, this has been last week on earth. It has come to our attention that a mysterious force is loose somewhere in outer space. The mysteries of creation are there. Up in the sky? Up in the sky. The moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.